welcome to the Nonprofit Hero Factory, a weekly live video broadcast and podcast where we'll be helping nonprofit leaders and innovators create more heroes for their cause and a better world for all of us. Hi, everybody, and thank you for joining us for episode nine of the Nonprofit Hero Factory. We're going to be talking about the no shortcut formula to crowdfunding success with a good friend of mine, Dr. Amir Givon. Uh, Amir is an engineer by training and an entrepreneur by nature. He is the CEO and founder of the Juicer Community Funding uh, Platform, which is a crowdfunding platform that um, I've been helping out with and a part of for, uh, I don't know, five or six years now, maybe. Uh, he also served as an adjunct pro- uh, professor at the Graduate School of Nonprofit Management at American Jewish University. And he describes his superpower as helping people raise more money for worthy causes. So without any ado, let's, uh, or further ado anyway, let's bring Amir onto the show. Thank you, Boris. Uh, good morning. Good morning. I know it's nice and early for you out <laughs> in California, but thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, thank you for having me uh, on this show. So, uh, I mean, I know most everything about you at this point. Uh, we've been <laughs> friends for, uh, I think, over 10 years. Uh, yeah, definitely over 10 years. But uh, why don't you uh, introduce yourself beyond what I just said to the folks at home? Uh, what's your story and how did you acquire your superpower? Uh, thank you. So, first of all, I believe it's been more than five or six years that you've been uh, involved and in around uh, what we've been doing with Juicer, probably closer to seven or eight years um uh we started um very uh very early on i think in around uh 2011 thinking when crowdfunding was just starting um today it's something that you don't need to introduce um you definitely need to explain and help with but you don't need to introduce like we used to at the beginning we're talking about the days before even indiegogo existed uh, it was just Kickstarter around, and um, we, uh, specifically for Juicer, which helps uh, Jewish and Israeli-related causes, um, we identified it as a, uh, a, as a great tool for community engagement. Yes, for raising money, but uh, around, uh, I would say, the, the lens of community engagement, of really building a community around your cause. Um, uh, we very soon after, and, and to answer your question, we, we started it thinking we're building a platform. We really were so excited about the technology and the tools and the features and all those kind of things. And again, to remind you right now, there's like thousands of crowdfunding platforms for any niche you can think of in those days, there were very few. Um, and we were really concentrating on, on the, the, the features of the platform. Uh, we launched it. We, we got about 10 to 12 uh, first causes and immediately realized that the technology is not really uh, what uh, makes it or breaks it when, when it comes to raising money and connecting with your community and everything around that, which we'll dive probably more into. Um, we realized very soon after, and I mean like after like 10 or 12 uh, uh, first causes, that really what they need is help with the strategy around it, how to tell their story, how to reach people, what to do first, what to do next. 
um, and really take them in kind of like uh, uh, through the process. Um, And if to answer how we got these uh, or how I got these superpowers is um, I've been literally involved with more than a thousand uh, campaigns um, I usually throw the number a thousand, but the reality is, is that it's way more than that because a lot of them get started, um, start working on it and then realize that maybe they're not ready for it or they come back later. So it's probably more than a thousand, but really a thousand that literally launched and started raising money. So the superpowers, I, I guess, coming from the fact that most of the questions and most of the things I've encountered few hundred times already um yeah so that that's really how we came about so we started it just to to close that um we started as thinking we're a platform uh what we really are is kind of like a hybrid between a consulting group um we're a non-profit um so we're kind of like a hybrid between those two things and the platform so yes we have the platform and we have all those tools and lots of features that i still have a whole list that i would love to add but the reality is is that what really helps people raise money is is the other stuff not the technology absolutely so uh yeah we're definitely going to dive into all of that but before we do just a a minor thing for anyone who is watching and and knows the history of crowdfunding platforms indiegogo was actually first just nobody had heard of them um and kickstarter came on the scene and made a huge splash so people think of kickstarter as the og but it's actually indiegogo so uh just i mean it's uh, that's yeah i I didn't even know that i i do know that a lot of people when they come to us and rather than saying the word like i want to start a crowdfunding campaign they sometimes say i want to start a kickstarter right yeah right it's it's kind of become that uh eponymous yeah uh, word so um eponymous no what's the what's the term i'll think of it later like using kleenex for for tissue or xerox for a photocopy if anybody photocopies anymore. So uh, let's dive in a little bit, Amir, um, into what's going on. And specifically right now, the world obviously changed a couple months ago and is still continuing to change. I know a lot of nonprofits uh, had to quickly adjust their galas and their fundraising efforts. Uh, What are you seeing in terms of changes going on at the moment, post-COVID, during COVID, I should say? Yeah. So again, just... uh... Um, uh, to explain my lens and the way that I see things is that we're heavily involved with every campaign that comes on board or reaches reaches out to us to to start raising money. So um, as soon as it hit, like around March, I all of a sudden like got bombarded with like emails and and uh, help. Re- I mean, through our ticketing system, like uh, questions. And um, the first thing that was going on is like. Uh, should we proceed? Like they were like in the middle and in the process of like doing things and some are in diff- were in different places in their process. So the first thing that I saw and it you didn't even need to just look at the like the KPIs, like the, uh, the, the numbers on, on the platform um, is that everybody went into this kind of like uh, um, a shock, kind of like a frozen kind of a yeah, thing. Down. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, there were like very clearly and not just on our platform. It, I, I mean, I see also other platforms and I see other things. Um, clearly it became like a disaster like event. 
Uh, so there were and starting to be like a lot of people, um, a, a, a lot of organizations, individuals raising money specifically for things related to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the natural thing. So all the others were now in kind of like a uncertainty of like, should I still run my campaign? Should I pause it? Should I all those kind of things? Um, so the, the, the graph, if I would say was like, like, it was like hitting a wall. It was like, all of a sudden, like a lot of them were like pausing, stopping less requests to start and like all those. And I'm happy to see, um, that we're getting out of it. Like, I'm not saying I, it's like, I'm, I'm, it's like, I'm seeing like a, I have like a pulse that I can see that life is starting to like, come back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, during it, um, the advice I kept on giving, uh, to people is a first, and it's related again to strategy and implementation and all that is like, figure out if you're able to run a campaign right now, like you need the money. Yes. Got that. Like we all, and many organizations, but really try and figure out because a lot of people now used to work at, at work. Now they're at home, maybe with kids. Like it's like a lot of things changed. Um, their need maybe has not changed, but others, other things have changed. So the first thing I was telling people is like, figure figure out if they're able to run their campaign. Yeah, their own capacity. Exactly. And and we can probably dive more into it because it really is has to do with like, regardless of the times we're in right now, just in general, this capacity of running a crowdfunding campaign uh, is sometimes not seen well enough from the outside. Yeah, exactly. Like people see the result People see a lot of money being raised for something, but they don't see the amount of work that is being put into it. Um, So that was the first thing that I started talking with a lot of those executive directors and entrepreneurs. And I should mention, we work with anything from individuals to organizations that sometimes it's uh, staff in the organization that does it. Sometimes it's volunteers, all sorts of things like that. So it was kind of like a lot of chaos, chaos, within personal lives. So I was trying to like, first, let's figure out if you're able to do it. Then there was always the question of like, is it still something that now on the other side of it, the people that now will hear about your cause, do they have the capacity now to process that and connect with that? They might've been very passionate about your cause or potentially have uh, or have the potential to connect with your cause, but all of a sudden the world has changed around them. Right. So Absolutely. now, yeah. So it was a a mixture of all those. So the short answer is that yes, like many things in in the economy, it kind of like was like in a chaotic kind of a thing. It like went down, and now it's like kind of like slowly, slowly like waking up and and coming out of it. There's a lot of stuff in there that I I definitely want to come back to if we have some time. Um, Actually, you know what? Let's go to it now. So uh, the timing is is in some ways critical. And uh, you and I have some theories on this that we've developed over time. But in some ways, the timing is critical. And in some ways, the timing uh, is not. 
So what determines a good time to launch a campaign, to run a campaign? Um, yeah. What's going to increase success or, or decrease the odds? Yeah. So I'll answer that in a couple of levels and from a couple of directions. So first, my my kind of like, uh, um, uh, and again, I again to remind my lens, like I get like those questions from people like, and they feel like it's like the first person that has ever asked that, but I get a question, for example, on the timing, like what day and time of the week is the best to launch my campaign? So that's like one level of that. The other level of that is like time when it comes to like just like what's going on outside in the world and things like that. So in yeah. all around that is something. And if, if there could be a takeaway from that for people is that people and naturally do so are always looking for that one key that like unlocks everything that one thing that like when they just turn it or just hit it exactly right the effect is human like it's right. like it goes viral it, exactly it, it, like i yeah. like i get so many times when they tell me like i'm going to do this this and that and then it will be viral like it, it, those kind of things so when it comes to timing my uh, uh, I'll answer it in two ways. One is my immediate one is saying is saying to people, it's when you're ready. Okay, that's like the first thing. And then I dive into them. They're like, what do you mean is ready? And then I dive into like all the things that you need to do. And the second is to try and remove, and it's usually in layers, to try and get them to not think like there's going to be one thing they have to get right for everything to work. And at the same time, it also the other side is true, which is if they don't get it right, it's not the end of their campaign. Like if you didn't launch it on Tuesday at 1023 in the morning, it's it's going to be OK. Like yeah. there's still now when it comes to like times and like what's going on outside, that has to do more uh, with um, I call it kind of like riding waves. So it's like yeah. if there's a certain wave outside um, and it's kind of funny, like the meaning of outside now has like so many, uh, so much depth into it. Uh, but if there are waves outside of things that are more trending right now, yeah. um, it's a, it's a, it's a trade-off because people think like, oh, I'm just going to ride the wave. But you sometimes forget that there's many others that are riding, riding the wave with you. So now you're just with hundreds of others that are raising money now to make face masks. Yeah. So like, um, there goes your uniqueness. There goes like, you know, so, um, so that's on one hand. On the other hand, you don't want to start like trying to divert people's attention from like, this is really happening now, but this is also important. And people are like, no, 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 no. We want it. We, we're on this. So, um, my go-to answer is always um, follow the process and don't look for that, again, the perfect wave. If I'm not a surfer, but I have a feeling that that's a phrase there. Um, <laughs> you know, like it's not, there's uh, people with timing, um, uh, they sometimes try to give like that kind of like weight to something that, yes, it is important. 
but it's not everything. Yeah, so I, I'm going to add on to that and and say, so my term for that wave is zeitgeist, right? It's the spirit of the time. It's what, what people are going to be talking about at any given time. And you can plan a little bit around, for example, religious holidays or national holidays or political events, anything that's on the calendar. You know that's going to get some, and I hate to use the term viral, but uh, some lift based on the fact that it's a topic of conversation that that's public right now but yeah as you were saying the the counter side of that is there are going to be other people vying for those same eyeballs pulling on those same heartstrings if you will trying to get uh money at the same time so there there is some some trade-off you are you also touched on you know being unique and absolutely you need to have your own unique point of view and you and i talk about this all the time it needs to be organic to your yeah. cause, to your mission. If all of a sudden you are a, a nonprofit that's dealing with education, but now you're launching a campaign to create masks, and that's an extreme example. I haven't seen anything like that happening, but just to make it clear, if it's something so out of your scope, you're you're not going to pick up any additional volume, but you're also not even going to necessarily engage your core base, which is so significant to your crowdfunding success in yeah. the first place, right? Yeah. And and even to uh, completely agree and and to add to that, I've seen attempts. And again, I was part of those conversations, and even like was thrown into email chains of like you know uh, committees in organizations and um, of them trying to. You used the word organically, but I you know like you probably meant like in a natural way. Like there yeah. was like there were like people that were like trying to force a connection to something yeah. and it doesn't come out authentic enough. People on the other side are, and, and you're absolutely correct. It's like, forget about strangers that have never heard of your organization, even your own base and the people that usually support you would be like, huh? And, and that would not get them super excited about it. You yeah. want to to stay with your core values, your core mission. Um, if there is a natural connection to it, if you're a fa- and this is not a nonprofit, but a factory that that makes uh, uh, drapes and now turns into making masks, totally get it. That totally yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it it all again going back to what helps running a good crowding a crowdfunding com- campaign, um, not just in these special times, is really connecting all those dots um, in 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 a natural way. They need to all make sense. Like I always and beyond this, um, I. I I often find myself in conversations with them of making a list and I tell them, imagine this is around a circle, not as a, as a list. All of them must sit together and be completely make sense to like a stranger that just looking at it, like the amount of money you want to raise, how much time you, you, you know, your campaign is all sorts of other things. They all need to always make a, a, a natural connection because anything you force yeah. comes out very, very easily. Yeah, I think the key words, and we talk about this all the time on this show, are really authenticity, which you mentioned, and integrity. And integrity can mean multiple things. I mean, A, it is something that you could speak with with integrity and speak to with integrity and honesty, but also it's integral to your mission. 
it is something that is actually part of what you want to do. It could be uh, slightly tangential, but it can't be something completely other. It could yeah. be a new way that you are expressing your mission and trying to achieve your mission, but it can't be something that you just decided, oh, you know what? There looks like there's a need and suddenly we're just going to do this, even though it has nothing to do with our primary cause, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we it, talked uh, before about what to title this episode, and we called it the uh, the the no secret or no shortcut uh, success strategy, right? Uh, what is it? The no shortcut formula to crowdfunding success. Yeah. To, uh, why? And you're already talking about this, but why? Why is that the the best title for this episode? Um, so again, like my, I don't want to call it pain because it's really not my pain. It's like something like I, I'm encountering all the time and I, um, and I love helping people that are in that state is that they come in thinking, um, oh, I saw those, you know, the other ones, another organization or this, like raised a million dollars or raised a certain, a big amount of money. Um, and they only see the tip of it, meaning the result. And they, in the back of their mind, or at least if they don't have any experience with raising money online, they think, oh, I just need to like explain what I need money for, uh, throw it on, let's call it Facebook, uh, it will be viral, and I'll raise the amount of money that I need. Um, the reality is, is just from my tone, that doesn't happen. It's right. Um, uh, the majority of people that come to us, uh, in organizations, individuals have never run a crowdfunding campaign. Uh, they might've donated to one and mm -hmm. definitely have seen one, sure. but never seen the behind of it. Um, they don't see how much, how many hours were put into describing and telling the story. Yeah. They don't know they, they, uh, the, the number of iterations of uh, telling that same story. They see just the last version or a version because they typically don't even visit that page more than once. Um, so I would say the, 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 the no shortcut kind of formula is that I try to put them on this path of first working on what is it that they're trying to raise money for. Um, and really, and not the cause and not just saying, well, this is what my organization does and we need money. Therefore, right. we have a place here for a crowdfunding campaign. Um, to them, uh, if it was a, a, an Excel spreadsheet where they hand it in within their organization, it makes sense to everybody. That's yeah. what we do. That's what we need money for. Great. But when it comes to raising money, you need to tell it as a story that connects to somebody many times to somebody who has never heard of you before. Um, and not just resonate. It's really to call them to do something about it. Um, uh, there are many levels of it, right? Like sharing, liking it, donating, of course, like all those kind of things. Um, so I, the formula that, and I doubt it, we're going to get into all the details of it, but really to systematically uh, look at crowdfunding is not what the lottery ticket is, meaning that one thing that's going to go so viral and it's a, you know, a plate of potato salad that raised 40,000. I've got that, meaning a person says, 
if that one raised, if a potato yeah. salad raised forty thousand dollars, this can definitely like that kind of logic. I'm afraid doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, we won't have time to get into all of those uh, details, obviously. I will say uh, a, a little bit of a shameless plug for your course that you did for us uh, last September when you'd only helped around 800 nonprofits. <laughs> so it's, it's of course, constantly growing, but it is available. We're going to drop it into the show notes if anybody wants to check it out. It's pretty affordable. Yeah. Um, where you do go through a lot more of the process and, and, and how to get it all done. But I think the point that there's no quick uh, lever and lottery ticket that you could just subscribe to and, and get. And, and, and as I mentioned, the other side is also very important to hold on to. It also means that you have a lot of room for mistakes. Yeah. Like it's not like you, I've had campaign organizers that spent weeks on figuring out what's the right tagline for. It's like, that's not what's important. It's not one thing that makes it or breaks it. So it's a whole process. And as a whole, um, I would say the formula is yes, build, uh, I mean, create a campaign that, just like you said, has integrity, authenticity, um, transparency is, is, a, is a very important one. I get many that sometimes they just tell us what they need money for, and then the amount they raise goes like wait hold on a second he's like oh yeah it's because we also need money for this this and that but i didn't want to put it there i'm like people will figure out that if you want to raise money for a music album and you're asking for fifty thousand, and others next to you are asking for 10 or twelve thousand, something here is missing and that's totally fine be honest and transparent with the people and they will connect with you um, so first is like figuring out that part. Then it's the actual how to tell the story. And that has to do with like the campaign page and the video pitch and the pictures. Um, a lot that I've learned from you over the years of storytelling and, um, and, and really what I find that I end up um, um, giving as advice a lot Um and I by no means an expert in storytelling specifically is the story need. It's like telling the same story in different ways through the images, through the text, through the video pitch. And it all has to not just make sense, but they all live together. Like you can't have a video pitch just because you had some video that you created uh, three years ago. Uh, and all of a sudden you're raising money for something completely different and you mesh them together, it it doesn't connect. Uh, so then when you create all those all that content that makes sense and everything, then comes the actual strategy of how, what to do at the beginning. Um, over the years, we developed something we called uh, the launch list method, um, which again, just touching on it is we're looking at everything in a way of circles. So you start with your inner circles of people that would support you no matter what. Almost like it doesn't really matter what's on your page. They support you because it's you, whether you're an entrepreneur. They know your and, and they believe in it already. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then there's the other circles that are a little bit less connected to you and less and less until you get to complete strangers. Um, a, a big, uh, I would say a big mistake that a lot of, uh, causes make is that they kind of like push the trigger a little bit too soon. Um, 
by hoping that, uh, you know, influencers will share their magazines and everything right at the beginning, you need to build it up. So I would say like the, the formula is about creating the, the story and really using a strategy that works first. Yeah. It's yeah. almost building your own wave, getting that foundation in of your your core most supporters, exactly. and layering on top of that your your outer your less connected supporters, if you will, or it might be your board and your biggest donors, and then the next level of supporters, and then the people who are just uh, interested in what you do and may have supported you one way or another, and then finally it's the big push out to the rest of the world, so that you look like you have a groundswell. Exactly, and, and every circle kind of like comes there and sees that the previous one supported. So it's kind yeah. of like it becomes everybody, like that. that everybody wants to be on, on on the winning end of of a campaign or, or a challenge, right? Nobody wants to go in thinking, "Oh, this is going to fail." Exactly. I already believe it's going to win. That's a big one that I know we've taught over the years a lot. So we're we're almost out of time, and I do want to cover a couple of. Uh, things. The stuff that we're talking about in terms of campaigns, most of that can be applied to nearly any kind of campaign that, that you're thinking about launching out there. Why should someone decide to use a crowdfunding platform? And oftentimes platforms have fees versus just running it on your own website, on your own donate page. How How is it different? Yeah. So I get that a lot. And people sometimes also like really dive into that fees issue and yes i we we have a platform so we take fees and that's what supports our uh, our organization um uh they often don't understand what goes into uh and this is back to tools and all sorts of things like that a a crowdfunding uh platform gives you like it gives it more like uh legitimacy like the the page is on a platform with other causes the second thing uh, which platforms often give you is this kind of like what I call this cross-pollination. Um, people come to a campaign, they start browsing around, they see others. You're kind of getting a little bit of traffic of eyeballs for free. Um, that's why I recommend, and of course our platform is one, use a niche platform because then the traffic, the people that come to that platform is already targeted for what it is that you're raising money for. So already prime are, are interested in similar subjects. Yeah. So I would say it's a combination and, and the fees are so nominal. We're talking about around 5%, give or take. Um, the, the end result, and I've proven it over and over to organizations, the amount of money that you'll end up raising from this extra you're getting by being on a platform far exceeds those 5%. Storytelling-wise, I also feel like, and I talk about this a, a bunch, when you're on a crowdfunding platform, it seems more newsworthy. It seems more like this is something going on now that we need help with right now versus when it's something on your website, even if you're driving people with a message of this is something new and different, it's it, it doesn't feel like others should necessarily pay attention to yeah. it. It doesn't feel like it's something that is important in this very moment, whereas you could people often do get press coverage for a crowdfunding campaign because it's on a crowdfunding site. There's some sort of newsworthiness uh, or buzziness to it, hopefully. If it's, if right. It's and if you get featured in, internally in the platform or on yeah. their social media, their newsletter, all those kind of things, give it more than you would get by you talking about yourself about your own website. 
So we, we are already over time, but I do want to touch on, um, I always ask everybody if they have a tool, a resource, or a book that they recommend that nonprofit leaders check out. What do you, what do you recommend to people? So I mentioned to you uh, the Lean Startup, and, and there's, so much, there's so much stuff in there. Uh, but the takeaway that I usually apply from there to crowdfunding campaigns and when people come to us is uh, there's no argument that there's no discussion, even though they tend to spend the most amount of time at the beginning talking about their need. Um, I, again, as part of that, remember, I, we have those two hats, like I put on the hat of a consultant and I try to get them to, and I push them trying to figure out, is there kind of like a smaller version of what it is that, you're want, that you want to make mm-hmm. that you can start with? Yeah. Yes. You'll, think of it as a, as, a, as a marathon. You're starting a marathon. Like, let's start with like a small campaign. You can start another campaign in six months for the same or related cause if you're building it correctly. But if you're going to go immediately for that million dollar campaign and raise only five thousand dollars, you, you, you nobody would come back to and support it. You're going to lose trust. People are going to think exactly. you don't know what you're doing necessarily. You're not going to succeed. So yeah. I recommend to them: let's try and find the five thousand dollar that you can. And it's a very important point about crowdfunding: close the loop around, meaning raise the money, show them that you're making the impact that you said you're going to do with that $5,000, go back to them and say, see, this is what $5,000 can do in the world. Let's raise more. And now you're going to have, instead of donors, you have literally a community around it that can push you towards your next kind of like uh, 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 stage. Yeah. I, I mean, I advise Lean Startup. That's on my recommended reading list for all nonprofits, whether it's about crowdfunding or anything else. Uh, and people often think that, oh, Lean Startup, it's about startups, it's about for-profits. Uh, Eric Reese actually devotes a good amount of time to nonprofits and entrepreneurship within nonprofits of how they can use that same, his basic model is build, measure, learn feedback cycle yeah. to iterate and to create things that people care about, to find ways to connect with people who care about it. It's absolutely critical. And I hadn't really thought about it as much in terms of crowdfunding, but you're absolutely right in the, in the way that you're phrasing it here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and many come to me like think like, and I try to tell them, let's break it into like three, four campaigns that we're going to do together in the next two years. Yeah. And I, I I wish I had better success at convincing more people because they're very excited and think they can do it. And I jump in fully into it and I help them whatever they decide. But really, like the, my takeaway from that is always like, let's try to have a success story first. Yep. And then those people that are part of your success story the first time, you reinforce that success and they become that groundswell for your next campaign so that you have a bigger base to launch off of and you could grow. And it's much easier the second time around when you already have this base of people that are not just talking around, not walking around saying I donated to this, but they're walking around really feeling this ownership of making a change in the world. Yeah, And that's really stop looking for donors and look for people that would feel like they made the change with you. And that's heroes for your cause. This exactly. is what we're talking about, right? Exactly. You want them to feel like a hero. You want them to feel like they're on the journey and that you're going to help them get there, much like we're talking about today. Yeah. 
Amir, thank you. We're well over time. I appreciate everybody who's who's still uh, hanging on and listening and watching because this is all awesome information. Uh, for anyone who wants to follow up with you, Amir, what should they do? How should they get in touch? Um, get on our uh, website, uh, juicer.org, J-E-W-C-R.org. Um, yeah, and I'm everywhere, Facebook, LinkedIn, all that. Happy to help even, um, and I tell it to people, even if you have a crowdfunding campaign that has nothing to do with Jewish or, you know, or Israel causes, we're always happy to help because our, one of our core values is making a better world, yeah. uh, tikkun olam. So um, really just reach out to me. I'd happy to, I'm happy to help and even like direct you to the right platform if you're trying to figure out the right one for you. But yeah, I know you've even partnered with uh, other religious organizational um, or, or religious based. Yeah, uh, crowdfunding yeah we're in touch with there's a Christian one, there's a Muslim one and there's a Sikh one. All like always like, yeah, and and yeah, always happy to to help uh, in any way we can. Thanks so much, Amir. We're going to make sure we link to all of these things, the resources, the Lean Startup, the course that if people want to just take to to go on their own and, and learn a lot of what you're talking about now for themselves. Uh, we're all going to have that in the show notes. I'm sure I'll have you back on sometime in, in the not too distant future to talk about more stuff. But really appreciate your time today and everybody uh, who's tuning in. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for everything you're doing to make this world a better place. And we'll catch you next time on the Nonprofit Hero Factory. Thank you. Thank you all for watching and listening to the Nonprofit Hero Factory. We hope this episode has given you some ideas and strategies for creating more heroes for your cause and a better world for all of us. Please be sure to subscribe to this show on YouTube, Facebook, iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And let us know what you think by leaving a review. 